speed, agility, power. I'm a big fan of these things. All of the performance I demand for myself on the ice is here. Handles all of my needs in dynamic fashion. everybody roxy fever here i'm here too i'm 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 your host roxy fever <laughs> hello roxy i i'm your yeah. do you guys remember when we got that dm <laughs> yeah from the horny old man who said hello roxy yeah and he also he, he also dm georgia i'm pretty sure that's very funny something similar that's probably who he thought we were <laughs> yeah he's probably like you know the 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 lady with the glasses, Roxy. You, pro- you probably thought Georgia was Roxy. Roxanne Fever. Yep. I mean, she made our logo. There's something she there. Did. That's, That's true. Yeah. yeah. It looks great. Beautiful it's a logo. Good logo. Speaking of good logos, we were just talking about the uh, reverse retro jerseys. Mm-hmm. Uh, what do you just? I don't want to spend too much time on this, but what 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 are your guys' favorites? Just we'll, we'll go around in a little circle here. Uh, Florida, Florida to start with. Yeah, definitely that's a good one. Colorado has not had any good ones so far. No, opinion. Colorado no. got Colorado basically lucked out by having their first jersey be really good. It's and so then good. Ever since they've just fucked it up. Their first jersey was really good, and then also they won two cups or three cups wearing them. Yeah, totally. Yeah. So like instant classic. They've just fiddled with it. A lot of the fiddles have been bad. Sometimes it's been all right. I hate. I hate the blue hell. I wish they had black pants and helmets. It looks so much cooler with black pants and helmets, in my yeah. opinion. Yeah. Uh, what, what about else? you, Elliot? Do you have a? The only one that I I just want to give the Canucks credit for a pretty like the current one is pretty dope. Although oh, I also like one. the sprite can. So it, I didn't like the sprite can. I really no. like their reverse retros this year. But the thing I keep thinking when I look at them is why weren't these just the AHL uniforms? Yeah, because in comparison, really, you know what? Because if they were, then there wouldn't wouldn't be a chance that we could make it our main jersey, or one of our main jerseys. Yeah, I guess. But like, man, the the those fucking like, uh, you know, like fan t shirt ass AHL jerseys, uh, yeah. that they're using are so bad. Oh, they're not. I thought they were just using the same ones. In comparison to, uh, no, they they it's like I don't know what they're doing this year, but I know last year it was like. Those annoying, like, it's like, it looks like a fan mock-up where it's just like Utica Comets green and then the the Roberto Luongo uh, V with the Johnny Canuck in the middle. Oh, yeah. That's and they good. just look terrible. Um, Since you said the Canucks ones. Although I'm still actually... not a fan of the Johnny Canuck logo. Overall. Yeah, it's not my favorite. It's not great. Like that template with uh, the stick and rink would have been amazing. With the, the stick and fantastic. I think I don't with know. I'm just rink, rink or with the uh, with the like millionaires V. Um, yeah, because okay, so uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but the millionaires V says millionaires in it, right? No, it says Vancouver. It says Vancouver. No, okay. The are you asking about like the actual millionaires one or the Canucks millionaires one? Uh either Wait, or. What? 
Oh, did okay, the original I'm not sure. I, the Millionaires have... one might actually say Millionaires on it, but okay. I know the oh. next one says Canucks. Well, regardless, I think that would have well, been cool. Like, well, basically, we don't have the just to that. do the Millionaires. Uh, the, basically, do the Millionaires jerseys, but just with those colors would be cool. Um, yeah, because I like the like sort of cream color instead of the white but uh yeah. since since you said that i'll just say uh i just caught a look of the uh uh the minnesota wild ones with the north stars colors pretty good um anyways i, gonna, I had a i was saying before we started about columbus yes it made me think like it's pretty remarkable that there's an nhl team that's specifically about supporting the north and the civil war which you know was the <laughs> yes. winner and everything but yeah. in the last 10 15 years etc there must be some people in columbus who love hockey but cannot cannot commit to being fans of the blue jackets because they're still were the blue jackets supporters. a civil war thing or a uh they were i'm pretty yeah. sure were a thing. yeah yeah no oh yeah. i'm fairly certain they were a oh, civil shit. war thing but okay, i mean sure. okay who were the redcoats that's the british the british that's us Okay, then the Blue Jackets might have been a Revolutionary War thing. Mm. Because I feel like it, the Blue Jackets were the people who fought the Redcoats. Oh, shit. But I, you also might be right. It might be a North thing. But Ohio was a Northern state anyways. Yeah. So, I don't know. Are there are there a bunch of people? Oh, in no, Ohio no, it is, it is a civil are... war thing. It is. It is. Dude, there are, okay. dude, there are a bunch of people in Surrey with Confederate. Oh, yeah, never mind. I, I, mean, I know absolutely. that, but like, yeah. you know, Ohio was even in the states when they did the Revolutionary War. They're absolutely. Def- yeah. There's definitely a, a good old boy. I mean, supporters yes, there. everywhere there are because they're because it's just stupid edge lords. And Ohio is like a, but Ohio is also like a farm, like a rural state. Yeah, I guess you're right. I guess you're right. I don't know. It but, seems hard. No, to Ohio was not a part of the that, but... Union during the Revolutionary War. Okay, All right. and it was okay. a part of the North during the Civil War. So yeah, okay, okay. Uh, the club announces selection: the Blue Jackets. The name pays homage to. Ohio's contributions to American history and the great pride and patriotism exhibited by citizens, especially during the Civil War. There we go. Okay. Well, there you go. Yeah, I don't know. You're, I'm sure you're right. Like, I mean, I just ev- said it. You know, <laughs> you're, 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 no, I meant about the people who can't support the uh, jackets or whatever. There's, uh, I, those people I, don't watch hockey. Like, I kind of feel like that, like that a little bit. I feel like they would think hockey is too, like, European. There's enough cultural excuses That's not to true. be a fan of hockey once you have that otherwise attitude. That's so, true. Yeah, That's yeah true. exactly. So, okay, but before we get into the um, stuff that we actually want to talk about, I should mention that there's a rather important sporting event going on right now uh, that it has been built upon the backs of like numerous slave and migrant laborers for the benefit of an evil family of oligarchs. I'm talking, of course, about tonight's Canucks game against the mm-hmm. Colorado Avalanche. That's right. Boom! Okay, sorry. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, we're, uh, th- th- I can't, I don't know what day it is, but that's, we're just watching that in the background right now, so you can November just remember 2022. what game, uh, what that game was like, and just picture it in the background, and also if I get distracted, uh, that's, that's why. Um, you can where probably should we... faintly hear the game in the background of my audio. Yes. Uh, where should we start here? I mean, there's a few different. Should we start with BXA since we couldn't get to it last week? Sure. All right. Sure. And if anything, we could start with the culture thing if you want. 
Ah, uh, well, I think it's a meat. I think that's like a meaty conversation that can lead into it is talking but, about how shitty the last few weeks have been. But I, it is. But I kind of wanna, I kind of wanna talk. I want to talk about the good stuff first. When do you headlines? I think it, All right. It it contrasts nicely, and I don't have that much to say necessarily about Biaxa specifically that hasn't already been said uh, in our Patreon episode that I unlocked. Um, you know, I mean, I think honestly, uh, this week or not this week, but his little, uh, his special little, uh, you know, one day contract thing has cemented that he is my favorite Canuck ever. Bold. Like, <clears throat> uh, not necessarily as a, uh, to watch, no, not necessarily as a player. Um, and certainly not as like a cult figure, you know, like, uh, Sergey Shirokov or whatever or, <laughs> or like Kyle Wellwood but um he's still the only uh player that I have their jersey um and yeah I think this this that just the whole thing seeing the um the speech that he gave and stuff and digging back through his uh uh his whole history um just in in preparation for that just kind of for my own edification really uh really just cemented that like he's he's my favorite he is my favorite of all the guys um but it's, uh, sad, it's sad for how long of the last like four years of him being a canuck not including mm-hmm. this year of course that a lot of like i remember this came up when somebody said oh i wanted to go to be jersey but we thought he was gonna get traded um i may have heard this on another podcast actually but sure um he uh the last three years there was a lot of uh, fans or maybe it was ma- management driven but we thought sure. he was on the way out like he was a big trade trip for a while and so yeah. he was kind mm-hmm. of pivoting between whether he was going to stay with the team or not and i think it colored the last few years of being able to appreciate him yes that's fair we also, also did get the... a great return for him though possibly looking back possibly mm-hmm. the best canucks trade uh of the last few years was getting a second for him yeah and it's funny you know it's funny you say that because like yeah they got a second for him but then they immediately turned around and traded that second in the brandon sutter trade (laughs) um and i'm sure i've made this point before but wait that's that's absurd yeah that's what happened. i always forgot that they threw in a second on that trade that's right (laughs) that's right baby they traded the better player and the better pick and Adam Clendenning, who they had just <laughs> traded like one of their best defense prospect, maybe their best defense prospect. I can't remember at the time what this the pool like, was this, like. The and then they gave Sutter the first retroactive non-trade clause in existence. Yeah. It's, it's, I like know I showed Sutter a lot, but my it's God. It's the opposite of the guy who bought a house with a paperclip. Yeah, see, now that's what we that's what the Canucks need to do is they need to figure out they've been doing reverse paperclip for the past like yeah they, nine they years. need to do operation paperclip. <laughs> reverse <laughs> I was trying to lead to that joke so oh, I'm sorry. glad you just did it <laughs> that was where I was going with that anyway so yeah um yeah uh what was I gonna say about BX yeah well it like it's funny because yes in terms of straight up, like asset going in, asset coming back, it's one of the best trades that they made. Um, but I think if you look at what actually happened and the fact that the Canucks basically continually for the next half a decade after losing BXA 
kept just trying to find shittier versions of Bexa in trades and free agency. Um, I find it very hard to believe that they wouldn't have actually in the long run been vastly better off if they had just held on to him and not, you know, traded like for traded, you know, Jared McCann for Eric and Branson and targeted Lucas Pisa in the um, yeah. Ryan Kessler uh, trade well, instead of uh, instead of fucking Shane I mean, did... or or I, mean, I don't know. I don't know if he was on the table, that. but like Sammy Vatnan was on the table and like he was pretty good for a long time. But like that trade was obviously long before they traded Bexa because That's we true. had to live through the Bexa Spiza pairing, which was an all-time garbage pairing. Of course, but I mean, yeah, Bexa other, stayed in the league after that. Bexa stayed in the league. I'm pretty sure longer than Lucas Spiza. Really? Yes. <laughs> after that yes. trade, I think I don't don't quote me on that, but it was close. If not, you know, um. And I mean, I guess technically, since he only just officially retired, <laughs> it would be true uh, um, on a technicality anyways. But um, yeah, did you guys see the uh, the the speech that he gave? I'm sure you probably did. But mm-hmm. yeah. yeah. What did you well, my, my best um, my best reaction to that speech? Yeah. Which I mean, I'm sure everybody had something similar to it where sure. they're like, oh, my God, like it's showing us what we've been missing for so long mm-hmm. and it and it gave us a sad uh amount of nostalgia for um why a lot of us became Canucks fans in the first place was watching that team mm-hmm. um yeah but seeing him say like the part where where he's talking about how his uh most important years weren't the years that they were winning all the time but um were were them getting through adversity and him mm-hmm. talking about what type of adversity he had to live through as a member of the Canucks and yes. being like referring to him lose missing out on the playoffs like once or he said months. he said we had some hard times too I missed the playoffs twice in my career and he wasn't even joking like, in he my wasn't even, career he wasn't even doing it the way he was like hey can you believe me and Jason King are the same age you know or or like you know the other you know it's smart ass various smart ass comments that he made um, it was funny when he was like, yeah, I played here for nine years and then Bo got here and I was like, yeah, fuck it. <laughs> I'm leaving now <laughs> or whatever. That was funny. Um, but uh, yeah, no. I mean, it, given it, the later culture comments. He wasn't sure, trying yeah. to make a joke. Like he was in fairness to to him, like those teams missing the playoffs, I think, you know, we're hitting a point now where like last year missing the playoffs was really, really sucked. I'm sure. And like this year missing the playoffs is going to really suck when they inevitably miss the playoffs. Um, But you know, like, well, Bo Horvat's like first, like he made the playoffs in his first year, but like the next like couple years after that, the context for that was very different from what it was like for BX to miss the playoffs because those teams had expectations, like high expectations, even the Tortorella Canucks, you know? Mm-hmm. So I'm, uh, I, I don't, you know, he wasn't joking. He was serious, but I think people kind of 
Like, I don't think he was trying to throw shade at all. I think no, he no, was, no, no, that's not yeah, that's being nowhere. genuine. Like that, that, that was really hard because those teams, like, I remember when they missed the playoffs. Um, so they, they missed the playoffs in the, that one known as year. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and then they made the playoffs in the first Gillis year, and then they missed again the year after. Am I correct in that? They missed in they went to the playoffs in six seven. Yeah, they missed the playoffs in eight nine, and then Gillis took over, and then they made the playoffs until until twenty twenty fourteen fifteen twenty thirteen fourteen thirteen fourteen. Yeah, okay. okay. Yeah. I always get that mixed up. Whether it's, it's twelve what, thirteen. How that worked. Yeah, twelve thirteen. I think we played the Sharks. Yeah, it was the short year. It was the Sharks because it was a short season. Kings yeah, was got swept. 11, Kings 12. was eleven twelve. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, and but... I actually want to talk about that eleven twelve uh, series or year later, later. Uh, because I think it's important. Oof. But, but um, go, going to what you were saying before, like I yeah. didn't, I didn't think BX was saying that. No, in yeah, just sure. at all. Like that, that was just him talking about his experiences at Canuck, but. Just if I was in that room and I was knock, oh, hearing yeah. him say that would have been such a gut punch, especially Absolutely. if I was one of the younger Canucks. Yeah. After like how many playoffs has Quinn Hughes missed? Right. Yeah. I mean, not too many, but three out of four seasons when he's just started. I think the hard. Promise. I think the person that would have been the hardest for is Bo Horvat. Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah. like that's that just is so painful. Yeah, that speech should be the reason why Bo Horvat refuses to resign. If that yeah. if those rumors are true, like, yeah, yeah, here's that, and he's like, "Oh wow, yeah," because like Bo Horvat has never been the problem the entire time he's been here. There were there have been many years when he was the team's like only good young player. Yeah, and they should have had good young players. And and he's made the playoffs, like he's made one real playoffs ever. And he showed yeah, up, and that the- was when he was a rookie. Yeah, and he was good too. Yeah, exactly. Like, um, but what I was gonna say about the um, about the like BXL missing the playoffs twice or whatever, like that oh uh, seven oh eight year that they yep. missed the last Nona's year. Uh, that was ugly. Like that, that was, that team had real expectations and a good roster on paper. And I remember when they missed the playoffs, there was like, there were deep existential questions about like what, what to do with the Canucks. Like, well, yeah, I remember eight, oh, eight, oh nine Canucks weren't very good going into even half the season. Yeah, and it was around that stretch, I believe, when Burroughs or Callen score that scores that goal against Carolina. I think it was Burroughs. It was Burroughs. The break the stick saved goal, right? Yeah, the break the stick goal that saved that saved the team's core for yeah. for yeah. the next three four years. Burroughs saved that team from getting blown up twice. Yeah, first yeah. first yeah. in the break the stick game, and again in the yeah. Blackhawks series in 2011, which is pretty wild. For a guy, um, for a guy who wasn't even paid that much until no, yeah, absolutely not or something. Oh yeah, no, not yeah. at all. Like, didn't get paid shit really. Like, like in, dollar in, to value for the amount of contributions that guy has made to the team is ridiculous. Oh, absolutely, yeah. Uh but uh, yeah, that that the whole when Dave speech... Boland got like a eight million dollar contract or something. Oh, yeah, some, absolutely, some shit like that. Yeah, yeah, 
and uh it the uh, it was the I don't think the Canucks didn't want to sign that contract because I think it got signed when Gillis was still the GM, but Ooh. they, they wanted to like, like Jim Benning wanted to like trade for Dave Boland or something. Yeah. I, I do remember, remember that this. being a thing. Um, But yeah, the, the whole uh, like culture speech thing was really interesting because um, I, I, I just thought it was, it was, it was kind of wild to just, hear him say like oh the thing i was the most proud of was that and you never fucking heard this by the way when that team was at their height like him saying like guys would come here from other teams and be like wow this is amazing Mm -hmm. the the message you would hear on the outside is oh it's like a country club or whatever (laughs) Um, that's definitely the narrative that we've heard a lot so it was kind of that was another cool thing about about him um being being there and getting the speech and getting honored and stuff was um was to hear him say that people would come there and be like this team is the uh the envy of the league in terms of you know uh culture and that can mean like a lot of different things i think a big chunk of it is probably like that that the way that the team was like on the cutting edge of a lot of stuff. So, you know, they were going there and they were like, damn, we have like our own chef. Yeah. <laughs> you yeah. know what I mean? Like that kind of shit. Things you know, that are like, normal now. Um, Things that are normal now. Yeah. But, um, but yeah, it was that. And well, I, I'll set that aside for now because it's something we're going to come back to, but it was very, uh, very, very interesting to, to hear him kind of talk about what, was what was important to to him and and what uh what he was like most proud of and i mean you know saying like oh we built such a great culture here and that's what i'm the most proud of is the kind of thing that you could hear from a lot of people and be like oh yeah whatever you're just bullshitting us like you're just saying the hockey player thing but but the kind of the thing that i i guess like about kevin bx is that he is uh such a he's such a for an NHL player anyways, like a gifted speaker, a gifted communicator that when he actually does lean on a cliche, you actually believe. It. Yeah. Yeah. Cause you know that he has the option to say something real or to say something else. Whereas the cliche guy just has to. Yeah. So when he chooses to use the cliche, it's because he means it. Exactly. Yeah, I was, as opposed yeah. to picking from a book of stock phrases. Like he, uh, yeah. He doesn't need to say that he can say whatever the hell he, else he wants, but. That's what he uh, yeah. Any other any other thoughts on uh, on? Oh, I mean, OK, when they gave him the piece of the stanchion. <laughs> I compl- I lost my fucking mind. Same here. I, I don't know. Kid. I was a kid again when I saw that. I don't know why I was surprised, you know, like I don't. I, but it, but I was I just didn't I did not see that coming. I like it makes <laughs> so- me wonder, like. What did they, who's that, like, the foresight you would have to have? You know what I mean? Like, I don't know when they took it. Like, I don't know when they grabbed it. I'm assuming it wasn't the week before. I'm assuming somebody thought at some point, like, we should save this. As soon as you, that goal sends you to the finals, you've got to think, hey, wait a second. And, like, because the stanchion was, like, a meme within a week, right? Absolutely. I mean, so it gave, I at that Wy- point, it gave Wyatt... The yeah. the only you know you want to talk about uh, we'll we'll talk later about people who are the only links left to a dead era, 
of Canucks. Uh, Wyatt, the only person left who who is like, uh, uh, you know, the heir to the Pravis or whatever. Like it, he when he started, he he was not like his, you know, his Twitter handle or whatever wasn't Direct at there. the stanchion because he was like, oh, that's a cute Twitter handle. Hi, my name's Wyatt. No, Arnt. Yeah, that was what he went by when he was, uh, like writing under an alias. You know, yeah. So, I mean, I think as soon as a goal sends you to the finals like that, you know, there's a two-week window when that piece of that stanchion seems like a really good thing to grab. Yeah. And then there's like a three-month period where it doesn't. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. But, uh, yeah, credit to them for that because um, I, uh, yeah, I lost my mind. And then my and then my fucking wife does this. Thing. She does this all the time. I don't know. Uh-oh. Fellas. Uh-oh. Uh- are you owing uh, that, or are you owing that the Canucks just scored? No, I'm I'm owing that. Me for being problematic. Okay, no, I was just gonna say I don't know uh, if uh, if anybody else, uh, you know, their uh, their significant other does this, but uh, whenever I get emotional at something, uh, my my wife like will like turn to me and be like, "Are you crying?" <laughs> <laughs> and then I'll be like, I'll be like, you know, sometimes I am getting misty eyed or whatever, um. Uh, but, uh, but then I'll be like, you know, shut up, don't bust my balls or whatever. And then she'll be like, no, it's fine. It's okay to cry. And I'm like, then just fucking let me, just let me be, don't say anything. Just let me just sit here and just be like, wow, they really did it. Just, just hard inward nose breathing, you know, and just like blinking a lot. Just, just let me do that. Don't, 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 don't ruin it by asking me what i'm doing anyways we're gonna we're gonna lose our listeners who <laughs> who are only here for uh cis male exposure therapy <laughs> <laughs> that was one of the funnier dms uh i've i've never appreciated a review more than that I'm, that's I was funny honored by that thank you so much that I'm person that should uh me. instead of dming us that should write that as a five-star review on itunes <laughs> That would be good because we never yeah. ask yeah. people to to do we, that. Yeah, we, we really don't. Should. And it probably it probably would have made some differences. <laughs> I almost <laughs> certainly think it would have. Yeah. Yeah. Um, review us on iTunes. Um, yeah, review us on quickly, iTunes. quickly back to yeah. clean up the BX talk. Yes. Is uh, I I know somebody who knows uh his dad very well. Um. Yes. Which me too. Which but by by the way, like yeah, somebody who's known his dad since like the 80s oh wow but yeah. still says the name wrong <laughs> biesca he still says biesca and yeah. god bless that's amazing god bless this person i know who i'm, who I'm not gonna name but uh i i, I love that because because this is a guy who hung out with uh with them in the box uh at the biesca game and yeah. i i just can't imagine walking into that box and still saying the name wrong <laughs> yeah i know right it's wonderful but the uh the thing i was bringing that up for is that he once uh he asked his dad about what it was like his dad had a story about when bx got drafted and the local paper in grimsby i believe was asking around because there was a bunch of other people from grimsby who got drafted so Mm -hmm. they're getting quotes from everybody but they couldn't get a quote from bx because he was at a golf tournament that weekend he wasn't at the draft at all uh he wasn't in town having a party he was at a charity thing Mm -hmm. um and somebody asked him his reaction eventually later and he was like i 
<laughs> I didn't, I'm not doing this for getting drafted. I'm doing this so I can play in the NHL. So yeah. it just, I, I loved his reaction. I, I, I'm sure I butchered the way that he said it. No, you're right. Yeah. That was he, basically it what he didn't, said. He did not care where or when he got drafted. That wasn't the point of what or all this if work he was. Got drafted. Or if he got drafted. Yeah. His, the goal was to play. Yeah. And I thought that was really cool. And I think tells you the, the mix of uh, the type of work ethic he has and the, I don't give a fuck uh, attitude he also has um, is uh, do you, maybe do you not know one of who kind, was but... the first person to draft Kevin Bieksa? What year was he drafted? Well, okay. So oh. that he was drafted into the NHL. Yeah. He was also drafted video. once more before that. And no. the person who drafted him was Don Cherry, who was at that point the like president and GM and part owner of, I believe the, they were, it was the Mississauga ice dogs. They were that at the time. Okay. Um, I, and I know like both that city and that name have switched around a bunch of times since then. Um, but he was, yeah, he was drafted into the OHL. Mississauga, unless you mean that the franchise no, moved. Yes, but I just mean that, like, uh, like I believe I they're not called the Ice Dogs now. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, for sure, and uh, and some other team has been called that, and then I know it was the Mississauga Steelheads for a time, I believe. Um, hmm. but then it's also like there's the AHL and shit. Anyways, it doesn't matter. Okay, so the CHL draft he gets, or the OHL he was drafted draft. into the CHL. Okay. Yeah. Uh, so, Don, so Don Cherry drafted him. Don Cherry drafted him. Which makes him. sense because he's yeah. very much, and I don't, I normally cool. this would be shade, but it's not for BX. No, that it's not. He is yeah. very much a Don Cherry player. Oh, and Don Cherry loved, like, Don Cherry would go on and on and on about Biesca all the time. Mm-hmm. Let's see, he wouldn't shut up about him. It was his favorite Canuck, like, by far. Um, But yeah, because everyone would course... give a shit for being the favorite Canuck, but not still not being able to say his name. Yes, uh, but uh, BX never played in the OHL because he went to college instead. Yeah. Um, where uh, I believe, if I remember correctly, um, at the time, anyways, uh, he when he was in college, his team, um, he played for the Bowling Green. Yes, Bowling, Bowling Green, Green yeah. the Bowling Green Falcons. That's who it was. Uh, I remember that from his interview where he pretended to be Ryan Kessler. Um, <laughs> Uh, he, uh, that Falcons team, one of the Falcons teams that he was on was the lowest seeded team to ever, uh, make it to the like semifinals or conference finals or whatever it was, um, which is wild. Uh, and the, the team that, uh, that kicked them out of the playoffs, uh, was, um, was Michigan. I want to say like one of the Michigan, uh, Teams. Yeah, there's like a couple. I'm and sure uh, and good. the goalie for that team was Ryan Miller. Oh wow. Yeah. Um Ooh. I was uh reading his uh his Wikipedia article when he uh when they announced the or when his uh when his game happened or whatever, and I was like, Oh, there's lots of cool little tidbits in here. Yeah, no, I never knew about um, the Don Cherry part. Yeah, I was surprised to learn that too. Um but uh yeah. Uh th- anything else about about the uh about Kevin Bieksa? I feel like that pretty much covers it we can move on to the next one nothing we nothing we haven't said a million times already anyways um of course that's not even the most significant uh remembering better days uh related canucks thing that's happened since we last recorded uh obviously 
there was the Hall of Fame inductions, uh, which I watched the entirety of, which I've never done before. Um, so I'm going to come in on the opposite side. Yeah. I was in Bella Bella that whole stretch. That's right. Yes. For four days. I think maybe five days. Mm-hmm. So, and I mean, it's not like I had service, but I was very busy doing other stuff. So I didn't, I didn't see anything. I, is there I good, have, is there good, sir? Is there good cell phone service in Bella? Very Bella? good. Very honestly, very good. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> For real. There I, was... I appreciate that Jackson. Thank even you. if he's going to pretend he didn't hear Oh, <laughs> I just got it. Okay. <laughs> not as good <laughs> as. Run, not as good run, as the virtue signal you get run. on BC ferries. <laughs> <laughs> all right yeah very good um yeah so i i yeah, have barely seen shit other. i only saw maybe like 20 seconds worth of handshakes on some instagram mm-hmm. reel kind of thing sure. that's yeah, it yeah, yeah. yeah. You, did you catch any of it elliot i didn't watch any of it oh yeah no i watched the whole fucking thing which is because we're so used to it being about like fucking wendell clark's cousin or some shit yeah absolutely this was wild because it was just like it was just uh two hours you know or like however long the induction ceremony is and it was the majority of it was people talking about the vancouver canucks and heaping praise on vancouver canucks players which is like the strangest thing it for so happened in toronto of all places too yeah. obviously this is all in toronto but like yeah that's the strangeness yeah. of it and as far as like the 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 whole sort of ceremony is concerned, like it was a pretty cool year to to watch the whole thing for because um you have Herb Carnegie getting inducted as a yeah. brother, which is very cool. And, and we've I don't covered think I Herb ever before. got the I don't know if I ever got the chance to say this on uh on the show, but um uh somebody finally uh made the point of like the the racist thing that uh that Con Smythe said about Herb Carnegie. I think we've, I think we did, we covered we did it, but it that? may have okay. been on yeah. that premium episode that we did. Okay. Uh, where yeah. We watched the, we watched the movie about Con Smythe. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Akeem, Akeem Alou, anyways, uh, did like go on record saying like, it's extremely fucked up that, that the Con Smythe is named after that asshole who said mm-hmm. that about Herb Carnegie. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, you have him going in as a builder. You have uh, Rika Salonen, who is like, has the most insane stats literally of anyone I've ever seen in any uh, hockey league ever. So I have, um, I don't know what you're talking about. Can you, so, can you describe so that? She is the, she's the first European woman to be inducted into hmm. the hockey hall of fame. Um, she's Finnish. She played on numerous Finnish national teams. Uh, took like a multi-year break because of like the physical toll. Mm-hmm. Then came back and then played international hockey until she was forty-four. Holy! And won yeah, like a play bronze or something in her. Wait, in that, her that's age, twenty-four years. years. Her playing career was eighty-eight to two thousand three. Yeah, takes a ten-year gap. Yeah, twenty years. Twenty nineteen. Yeah, yeah. To twenty nineteen. Holy shit! Yeah. Oh yeah, my 10 god. Ten-year gap. And born and in seventy-three. She holds the record. God. For goals in a, I'm gonna pull this up. I, I want to yeah, pull. I want to get this. Right. I remember you. I saw some of your tweets. Uh, being like, holy shit, this is crazy. This isn't. So I want to get this right because it's it's absurd. Uh, I, I is it? How do you spell? Uh, okay, R-I-K-K. here we go. I got it. I got it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, okay. I already have her wiki open. This is this is something wild. 
Yes. She's the oldest player to ever receive an Olympic medal in ice hockey because she beat Timo Solani by one year. That's right. <laughs> yes. Fuck yeah. So she didn't need knee surgery to come back after 10 years, as far as I know. Uh, I just want to get this right. Yeah, Timu um, technically shouldn't have gotten all those awards because his body wasn't the same te- technically through the okay. last. So here we go. So she holds years. the record. For, you had fake knees, everybody. For goals in a season, in the uh, in like the Finnish Elite League, which is called which was called something different at the time. It wasn't called Liga, I don't think. But anyways, here's her stat line from that from that year. Okay, seventy three goals, fifty six <laughs> assists, one hundred and twenty nine points in twenty one games. What? <laughs> <laughs> she had 73 goals in 21 games. Casual six points a game. So much. That's insane. That That's... is the craziest thing I've ever heard in like oh hockey God. related in my entire life. She is as much better than Dale Weiss in the Dutch league as he is to Dale Weiss in the regular NHL. Finish. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Finish Gretzky. Yeah. Holy shit. Yeah. Absolutely insane. When I read, I had to read it like five times. I had to like keep looking and being like am i reading this correctly <laughs> um yeah and, I, and I don't the know thing what is, to say. is that this was incredible. in this was in um this was in 1994 93 94 <laughs> and and like i know scoring was wild like scoring was 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 like pretty wild in the 80s or whatever i don't know if maybe like in finland they were like a few years behind that or something but like that doesn't even seem like you know like Obviously, it's Finland or whatever, but like goalies knew how to play goalie by that point. <laughs> you know, like it's not like this was like 1980 or 1981. Yeah. Like the the butterfly style had been around for some time. Um, so yeah, so that was cool. And the the other cool thing about Rika Salinen or Salinen, I think is how it's pronounced, yeah. um, is that she didn't uh go to the ceremony because she's a physical therapist and she said a lot of her patients are too weak to miss a session so she could go oh to the thing so she just sent like her family or oh, something yeah which is wild sorry um, i'm reacting to the game no i know yes yeah um, no, i was reacting he through his too. stick but luckily it he yes. didn't actually he just dropped it so um, 94 was her best season i see yes, yes. 73 goals yeah Jesus Christ, man! Yeah, absolutely wild. And then, uh, so so okay, but ninety. Oh no, never mind. Okay. That's, that's only the European Championships where she got twenty three points in five games. <laughs> <laughs> that shit is just absurd. Just averaging like almost five points a game. Like, oh my god! Like even it's like you you look at like you know like Mario Lemieux like OHL seasons and they aren't even that ridiculous. You know what I mean? Um, could you imagine being carried by her on a line? That sounds amazing. <laughs> I'm pretty sure. Uh, I'm pretty sure. Like I could score ten goals, uh, like playing on a line with Rika Island. And um, I wonder yeah. if we can revisit the the, the stupid uh, the thing. I mean, Justin's going to hear this. Oh, uh, yeah. Justin's assertion that he could hold his own in a Canadian <laughs> women, women's basketball game. Oh man! Wow. Yeah, that was that's such a deep cut. Um. Yeah. That oh was man, I forgot cool. about that. The that reason so I, I remember that is because after I uh went to the pup show, 
I was like, oh, I think I don't know if I listened ever listened to that episode where Steve Slakowski was on Real Good Show. Oh yeah, that's the only and reason it, I know who Pop is. <laughs> that's fine. And and, uh, and yeah, they they bring up they they dare Justin to uh, say that to Steve's face also because Steve's a big basketball fan. Oh, and... that's really funny. Yeah, yeah. Um. Anyways, uh, <laughs> yeah. So that's that's those are like the two like least well known people that got inducted. That's that was Daniel Alfredson. Insane. Uh and he was uh his black was presented by Matt Sundin. So cute. just full of Canucks legends uh, cute. Awesome. that night. Yeah. But also very cute cuz they're both like they were they obviously like battled a lot but they were also like international teammates or whatever, both Swedish guys. So that was cool. And then obviously there was the main event which was uh the Sedins and Longo. And um you know, their speeches were very like fucking guy getting inducted into the Hockey Hall of Fame. You know, there isn't that much to to say about it necessarily, but um, it was cool to kind of see like like they shouted out everybody, especially the Sidians. Like uh, like Daniel thanked Anson Carter. Yeah, which um, yeah, I read the Grant's article on that. It's a pretty good one. I haven't read it, but I'm I I'm interested. I I I'm interested in that because. Uh, you know, I have like very mixed feelings about Anson Carter. Um, I would say I would, I would recommend that you read that article. Yeah, uh, I think yeah. it was Grant's article. Cause well, first you, you cover how amazing, how awesome it was that the Sidians were, I don't know if it was Daniel or Henrik. It was um, Daniel, I believe. Daniel for yeah. shouting out Anson and the impact that they had in their career. Cause I believe it might've been in that speech or not, but mm-hmm. it gets brought up in the article that, sure. Anson played a big role in convincing the Sedins to just play their own game. Yeah, uh, and I do believe that, and that does make sense. Yeah, and- uh, there's a good there's a good uh, anecdote there uh, where they were talking about how because the West Coast Express would also was also on the team, obviously, and during yes. practice, the Sedins would just get uh, just called out for every little infra- for every little thing by Crawford sure. yelled at the whole time and it was like taking a hit to their confidence and Carter was the one who took him aside and said like ignore that like play your game but also yeah. pointing out that he's yelling at you because you can't yell at the West Coast Express yeah totally yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah. and I believe all of that and I will say like I, I mostly buy the Anson Carter redemption arc like mostly in the sense that, like, yeah, I totally buy that. That makes sense. Totally buy that he got a raw deal uh, in a bunch of different ways. I've made the case before multiple times that, like, he his pre-Sedean career. It, Just it, as good, if not Vancouver uh, fans, Canucks fans get laughably wrong. Like, the idea that he was some nobody who came here and scored 33 goals that I, I, I'm sure I've said this before, but like, I'm pretty sure that's not even the most points he had in a season. It's the most goals. Yeah. But the most points I believe he had in either Edmonton or Boston Um, yeah. guy had like a 10 year career uh, scored a ton of points during an era when it was not easy to, and then went to Columbus and Carolina and didn't even perform that badly and had a, like uh, a classic example of like, just a guy being not like going somewhere else and them having no idea how he was used before successfully. You know what I mean? And like not getting power play time, et cetera, et cetera. So I buy all that. Uh, but the, it's just the one thing that, do, that will always stick in my craw is like 
you know, guy's been out. Guy was out of the league for ten years. Sadians retire, and he's just fucking nowhere to be found, and has nothing to say about it. And it just I, that that'll always like bother me because it's just like, come on, dude. Come so on. that that being said, yeah, uh, that being said, yeah. You, I, I mean, I can read from this article. Please do. Uh, yeah. Okay. Um. So what Daniel said was mm-hmm. uh, to well, let's see where we start. Uh. Well, actually, first, first, I'll address like Anson was getting a raw deal from the Vancouver market for so Absolutely. long after that, yeah. and I think that would stick with him for quite a long time. And sure. we don't know anything about his if he texts with the Sidians at all we don't know anything yeah. about their personal yeah. relationship but i'm sure if i was in anson's shoes i'd be like well nobody nobody was giving me any any amount of credit for for how good that season went for everybody and sure. nobody remembers me mm-hmm. in good lights so like why would i need to come out and say something in public yeah i i do see where he's coming from and i think i would have said maybe about that like maybe he maybe that's how he approaches it uh until i saw the Drance article uh, sure. The whole article is very, very good. It's called Why Daniel Sedin Thinking Anson Carter and His Speech Spoke Volumes. Sure. Uh, I could read the whole friggin' thing, but... I'm sure you could. Yeah. Ba- ba- it, it comes down to when Anson uh, is asked about it, he is full of praise for the Sedins. That's and good. he was also very pleasantly surprised that they, they even thought of him, uh, let alone said something about him during the speech. Um, he said... Uh, whenever you think you have a small part in players getting to the pinnacle of the sport and being Hall of Famers and to have them acknowledge you publicly, that means a lot. They did not have to say that. They didn't have to let anyone know that I helped them or played some small part in their journey. So for them to acknowledge it, I think that's very classy of them, but I'm not surprised by it. As individuals, they're definitely Hall of Fame people. And Dranson goes on to write that he asked Carter why he's tended to be private about his time in Vancouver and his time with the Sedins. His answer is that I don't often talk about the Sedins or Vancouver or whatever, because I was only there for a year. People think I'm bitter, but I'm not bitter at all. I just get tired of people saying, they made you, they made you. You can check the stats. I was scoring goals before playing with Danny and Hank. I don't lose lose sleep over it though. I love playing in Vancouver. I want that on the record. I love the city. I love the people there. And I love playing with Danny and Hank. The fact that they acknowledge me that I played a small part in their hall of fame careers. That means a lot to me for sure. So, you know, that's a nice, uh that's a that that's a nice way to just kind of close the book on that i think you know like yeah because it is one of those things where where it's like it it you well i i just said how i felt about it like (laughs) pretty pretty in pretty detailed fashion but like maybe that's just what maybe that was what it took it was maybe it just took somebody being like you know he was good when he too you know like uh, yeah, I can, I can, because uh, I, I feel fine just like reading out the last part of this article because sure, sure. it, it does tie in nicely to what you said. And also, this is under a paywall. So there's <laughs> some people who haven't seen this yet. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, we can but, all just use my athletic pay. It's fine. <laughs> I literally awesome. logged into it yep. just now. <laughs> I also use Elliot's login. Thank you, Elliot. Uh, fuck you, James Myrtle. Um, <laughs> I only pay a dollar a month for this because. Hell yeah. I. <laughs> I would love somebody to do. I, I hope somewhere out there, somebody in the business school has done a, like a case study on how the fuck the athletic payment system works. Yeah. Uh, anyways, 
Um, Sidians discussed Mark Crawford at length during the Hall of Fame speech and gave him significant credit, but there was a clear illusion in their commentary about how hard he was on them early in their careers. There's an implication in his commentary, though, that Carter, in part, taught them to take responsibility for their games outside of the auspices of what Coach Crawford thought. Carter recalls, our first practice in Vancouver, we hit it off instantaneously. It's kind of bizarre when I think about it. So we tic-tac-toe the puck around, and Mark would yell at us. we go tic-tac-toe, and we wouldn't finish, maybe hit the post or the crossbar, and then Crow would go off. I can't believe you three. Get your heads out of your ass. Sharpen up. And then the West Coast Express would go down the ice, miss the net by 50 feet, crickets. So we go down the ice again, same exact thing, beautiful passing play, and he'd yell at us again. So I look over at Danny and Hank, and they're sort of cowering. And I'd say, fellas, what are you doing? And one of them responded, Ace, by the way. Never heard that nickname before, Ace. Pretty cool. Ace, this guy is all over us. And I told them, Danny, Hank, this guy isn't yelling at us. He's yelling at the West Coast Express, but he's afraid to yell at those guys. So he's taking it out on us. I told them to trust me. Let's just go play our game, and we'll be totally fine. Uh, Beyond providing the Twins with a sounding board, Aside from their famously temperamental head coach, Carter remembers asking the Twins to simplify their game, to try and play more direct, partially to accommodate him. He says, the second thing I told them was that I, if you gave them the puck, they'd cycle in the corner for two minutes. They were such tremendous athletes, and they'd cycle and cycle. So our first practice, I said, listen, guys, I don't have an oxygen tank on my back. <laughs> so he makes a rule. He says... They had 15 seconds of cycling, and then they had to take the puck to the cage. When that approach found success, the line stuck with it. Uh, wow. Yeah. And yeah. then Carter, one of the last little quotes here, mm. I'm right at the end of this, is that sure. the last thing that happened with us was that I let them be themselves, Carter said. Back then, everyone was trying to make them change their game. I said, no, don't change your game. I love what you bring to the table. I'll fit in and make room for you guys. Our chemistry is as simple as that. I believed in them. I reinforced what they did. And then it was all them. Their talent took over. And uh, yeah, I recommend the article. Yeah, that's I, amazing. It was really nice that this came out. That does like recast him in a different light for sure. Because that definitely tracks to me the idea of him as a totally veteran player by that point. Because yeah. he's much older than they are, I think. I assume. Yeah. Not much oh, yeah. older, but he'd been around longer. And... um. And it, it tracks to me being the guy that he is and having the having the personality that he is and having had the career that he had, and et cetera, et cetera. Like, it definitely tracks to me that he would arrive in Vancouver and have some coach, like, scream at him and Danny and Hank and be like, you know you don't have to listen to your coach, right? Like, <laughs> you yeah. know that, that, that sometimes they just talk shit. Reminds me a little bit, to, to, to call it back to the BXA thing, uh, reminds me a little bit of when um, it was, was it, I think it was after um, Bill Peters got fired and mm-hmm. uh, Kevin Bieksa was on the panel and he said, believe it or not, not all NHL coaches are smart. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, I mean, there's, there's obviously there's all kinds of stuff. Um, uh, we, we could talk all day about the city and so we could talk all day about uh, the hall of fame induction and stuff, but it was, very cool to see um that though those two were the that was what stood out for me luongo i don't know it it just i'm sure there was stuff about him too that was cool but it just it didn't like uh stick with me in the same way the thing that was so 
crazy about the Sabians is that between the two of them, they thanked like literally every person you could think that they would think. They thanked Yana Hansen. Hell yeah. As Which is so cool. As they should. Um Yeah, as they should. Yeah, I agree. Um they uh that was one of the best looks they had later on in their career. And it and it got uh the Canucks one of their best uh trade returns. Um uh in uh in Nikolai Goldobin womp womp um how that turned out but yeah uh that was um it was just really cool to see them uh take that trip down memory lane and see them uh shout out all these different people and just have just everyone in the hockey world heaping praise on them for their creativity but then also for their uh you know everyone just from players, coaches, media, et cetera, et cetera, um, to to all basically say like, and as good of players as they were, they were better people. Everyone, you know, um, everything you've heard of them, it's all true. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, and and I I guess that kind of um, segues nicely into uh where I kind of wanted to go with all of this, which is just the absolute, um, just total complete shit show that the Vancouver Canucks are this year. I believe now with like a worse record to start the season than they did last year. Um, I'm going to, I'm going to pull up the, uh, I'm going to pull up the, the stats here, but, um, Oh wait, so are we have, are we past Hall of Fame stuff? Well, I unless yeah, before Is there I do else that, you want to say about it? Do you guys uh, have anything else you want to say about it before I we move on? Didn't because I didn't watch any of it, but I'm just yeah, cur- curious enough. what the takeaway was about Luongo's like uh, I'm I'm sure like coming on right after the Sedins give a speech is like oh yeah never gonna be as good it's it just just never although long was pretty funny like is it worth going back to watch yeah Maybe. yeah it's worth going back to watch all of it and he was funny um but it but it just wasn't um it didn't stick with me in the same way he was definitely funny he was funnier than the Sedins yeah uh, certainly the Sedins are Although not. Henrik did I mean, they have, are funny, but they're not funny. Yeah, Henrik they did both have get the to play the straight man in the best. He way. was like, I'm uh where he was like, remember when uh Daniel was injured for 20 games and I proved that I'm a better player than him? That was funny. <laughs> and then Daniel, um, who is my favorite Sidian, uh, also had the very funny thing where he was like, You're Henrik, you're a better uh player and a better person than me. And I say that uh sincerely, but also because I know you're going up next. <laughs> uh, which was also funny. Um, but uh, yeah, they're all worth going back to back. I just don't really remember anything about Luongo's speech because I think there's just less kind of, um, you know, with, with, with the Sidians, it's so easy to be like, oh, here's the whole cast of supporting characters in the, in the story of the Sidians. Luongo is kind of defined by the way he was isolated. In, yeah, in a lot of ways. Yeah. So, also, just goalies. Goalies are different, man. I mean, goalies have to be different. Goalies are the pitchers of hockey. You know, Luongo might be the best, and I I don't know this for sure because I I don't know the history of the award that well. But like Luongo is probably the best goalie to never win a Vesna. Um, I think easily outside he, of he Vladislav had like Trechak. fifteen seasons 
I believe, where he was an above average goalie, which is insane. That is depending on Don't care what anybody says, better than Brodeur. Played on worse teams. I still played well. That's you know, I think there are, but I think there are I think you can get through seven or eight names before you get to Brodeur personally. <laughs> but um but Luongo, like basically I know it didn't actually work out like this because there's you know there's a couple of dips or whatever but like that is every season from 20 to 35 years old where you're an about above average goalie how many players can say can say that about their career like i was above average or better at my position for 15 years a decade and a half like it's 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 wild yeah uh and i'm 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 now that the fucking uh senators are retiring chris neal's number which is the dumb literally the dumbest jersey retirement i've ever had. I, okay i have retire to longo's jersey i've come around on it I, I i have to ask before i respond to that too is did crystal die or something no so he's no. just he, he's like alive and it's just celebrating he got the he got the uh he got the leonardo dicaprio revenant oscar of jersey retirements so he didn't like he didn't like beat cancer and then oh no. he, he, he just didn't like he was literally just, an addiction his, what they did what he did was he sur- was he survived playing in ottawa for a thousand games hmm. like yeah they, they retired burrows, his jersey burrows gets in the rafters then for the fuck yeah, you they, burrows they retired, gets his number in the rafters they retired his jersey because they were like you lived in ottawa longer than any reasonable person could be expected to so We'll retire your jersey. Um, you lived in Ottawa longer than Pierre Trudeau did, probably. Pretty much, yeah. Um, yeah. Elliot, you got anything to say about the Hall of Fame shit? Nope. We covered it all. These yeah. teams are cool. I miss them. I miss them playing for this team. This team's yeah. garbage now. Yeah. This team's okay. garbage now. I'm sad. Yeah. I want to go home. Yeah. Okay. Mom, come pick me up. Everybody's, <laughs> everybody sucks. Uh, okay. So that... Uh, that gets to what I really wanted to talk about here, which is, um, you know, with culture being the the sort of main talking point, the main theme of the past, like, few weeks. If this was Civilization Six, the Canucks would never win a culture victory. Yeah. Uh, you know, sure. Bieksa, the city in Salongo, et cetera, et cetera. Um, so I'm just, I'm pulling it up right now. The, What's depending their culture on the... Before the outcome of tonight's game, the Canucks are tied for third last in the NHL in points percentage with .395. They have more than twice as many losses as they do wins. Ten regulation losses, three overtime losses, and they have six wins right now as of before this, this game against the Avs. And we were discussing this before uh, we started, but, like, (sighs) am I surprised they're bad? No. Am I, do I laugh at people when they are like, even I didn't think they were this bad? Like, yes, kind of, because I am not, like, I always thought this was well within the realm of possibility because I just detest so many things about the way this team is constructed, the way they've conducted business for almost the past 10 years. Like we're getting, we're going to be able to say 10 years super soon. Um, 
But like, I will say, when you look at the collection of players and when you look at how well they're doing individually, it does seem absurd that they would be this bad. Bo Horvat leading the league in goals. <laughs> Elias Pettersson. So is, he, is he? I believe so, yes. He's he's either like, he's top three for sure. I'm looking it up right now. Yeah, look it up. Go ahead. No, it's it's McDavid, but Horvat's one behind McDavid. He's one behind McDavid. Is he one behind McDavid or is he tied with McDavid because that it doesn't oh, count the goal 16... that he scored in this Oh, game. fuck, you're right. He's tied. Oh my yeah. God, you're okay. right. So, yeah. Uh... Jason Robertson might have scored some goals tonight if they Fair didn't enough. count those. Yeah, he would be you high, get but... the idea. He's... He... Bo Horvat is scoring Connor McDavid levels of goals right now. Uh, Elias Pettersson is looks like the best two-way player this team has had in like I don't even know how long. Brock Besser like only scored two goals and they were in the same game, but is still somehow like a point a game. Seven point streak. Yeah, he's yeah. back. He's, he's yeah. getting used he's to back. it. Quinn yeah. Hughes. Uh, he's tradable again. Pretty. Yes. That's my. That's that's my standard. That's your Are you tradable yeah. again? Quinn Hughes. <laughs> uh, like indisputably the best defenseman the team's probably ever had. Like really, uh, if you wanna, if you're gonna go purely off of like fantasy hockey, like you know, you have to win a game tomorrow, uh, just purely on like skill and not on like body of work or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. And this team has twice as more than twice as many losses as they do wins. Like you do at some point have to look at everyone and and just be like, you guys need to fucking look in the mirror at some point. You can complain about like you only have one <laughs> top four defenseman and like your goalie is uh, you know, <laughs> We could talk about Thatcher Demko in a second. I don't know. Like, you can talk about all the stuff around the team and on the roster construction. You have six of the same guy, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. But, like, you're scoring four goals a game and you're losing. Every game. You, like, you have not won a game against a team at or above your caliber for the entire season. And we're almost, like a quarter of the way through now, or we probably are a quarter of the way through now. And I hear BXA talk. I hear the Sinians talk. I think about what that team was like, and it's like, what the fuck happened? Because even as bad as this team was, was like towards the tail end of the Sinian years, it, it never felt this dire or this like, sad it was just like oh man yeah this team's really bad like they're really old and like they're trying their best but they god do they suck <laughs> this is like well yeah oh because the Canucks are like, up by three old. goals how are they gonna blow it what did you say Elliot? yeah yeah sorry what well, did like, you say Elliot? yeah no i think you're exactly right that it was because the team was old yeah and it wasn't clear yet that the youth they had coming up because at that point the youth really would have been brock and Bo. yeah it wasn't clear that that youth wasn't enough to move the needle. Yeah. But now it's like, oh, the the next generation is here and this this is it. Uh as you know, this is this is what we've got. 
this is what we got to. This is supposed to be the thing that's supposed to give you hope. Yeah. And this is that hope. <laughs> yeah. I There were two things that I was thinking about this week. And the first was um, because of because of BXA, I was thinking about the 11-12 season, right? And people shit on that season, which is such a just br- brilliant encapsulation of what it was like to follow this team 10 years ago. That they they were the best team in the league in terms of their record. They won the President's Trophy again after winning the President's Trophy and then getting within a game of the Stanley Cup Final. And everyone was like, yeah, but they didn't do it in a very impressive way. They won a lot of one-goal games. They looked looked pretty, you know, they they didn't look like they were giving it their all. Blah, 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 blah. You guys remember they didn't need to. Right? Yeah. 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 And that's the thing, right? Is they were were Tampa Bay Lightning and lightning-ing it. You know? Where yeah. it's just like, well, yeah, no, we we're gonna try to, uh, um, we're gonna try to pace ourselves for the playoffs, and of course that didn't work out. And the LA series is, it's a tough one. It's a tough pill to swallow because you're a number one seed getting knocked off by a, a number eight seed. But that you know now with the benefit of hindsight, like we know how good that LA Kings team was, it doesn't seem as bad in retrospect. Uh, but the thing, nope, still really, really sucks. It was it was it was awful. My brother experience. almost punched a hole in the wall. I know. I know. <laughs> and all of this is correct and and you're you're but now in the cold light cold light of day like 10 years later. I w- I want people to appreciate something about that season. And I well two things basically. The first is Stanley Cup hangover blah blah blah. They still won the President's Trophy, right? Yep. Like so many teams after going to the Stanley Cup final just like can't get their shit together for like months and like really take a step back, at least in terms of their record. And you could argue maybe. I mean, Chicago barely squeaked into the playoffs in 2011 after winning the Cup. Maybe you could argue like, oh, well, you know, maybe they should have, like, maybe they should have been shittier so they could have been better in the playoffs. Like, whatever. Blah, blah, blah. But, um, should have traded one of their goalies. Yeah. I'm all about trading goalies. That off season, right? Wait, wait, hold on. Yeah, wait. If they did trade one of those goalies, they would have gotten, I I don't know, a better right winger for the Sidians. Probably, but regardless. All right. The other thing that I wanted to say is that um, that off season, after losing the Stanley Cup, after watching watching the result of you losing the Stanley Cup be that your entire fan base goes completely insane and like sets cop cars on fire and uh like burns the city down like basically like and you think about you know we make fun of that shit now or whatever and but like that was a huge deal and it was a huge part of the like cup hangover after all of that, like, what's like the next thing that happens after you've kind of had some room to breathe and like come down from that emotional uh, hangover? A uh, uh, heart and soul guy that like all of you guys have played with for a long time, that one of your best defen- defensemen is like literally best friends with, 
dies from suicide. Rick Rippon, right? And then you come back the next season and you win the President's Trophy. You know? Like, I, yeah. I want to, like, recast that now, 10 years later, thinking about it. Like, I know that it was disappointing and I know that they had, like, like that core had like three more playoff wins in them after that or whatever. And a president's trophy who gives a shit, but like you can't say that that doesn't show a tremendous amount of like grit and character to be able to come back from all of that Mm -hmm. shit. (laughs) And so that was one thing. That I was thinking about. And then the other thing I was thinking about, because of what happened in Colorado Springs, I don't know if people even remember this, but um, there was like a whole uh, news cycle kind of right around the time that the team started to get not as good, where like you can play was happening, but it was also just like there was a bunch of different like I felt like it was like a local media guy did it and then a national media guy did it and then there was the you can play thing and then it happened again and it was like just getting a quote from every guy on that team being even like Ryan Kessler being like yeah of course we would we would love to have a gay teammate I'm sad we don't have a gay teammate I wish I was gay so I could be the gay teammate <laughs> Like, basically, like, just everybody, like, Sedins, Luongo, uh, Kessler, Manny Malhotra, like, there's, there's, like, the, like, almost the entire team coming out and being, like, um, uh, I remember BXA said the thing about Jason Collins, um, mm. anyways, I won't he was go the on. NFL player, right? Uh, uh, NBA. Oh, okay. He said, uh, and he he was like, uh, it's tremendously brave, and I hope it means like more people will do it, and um, but you know all this all this stuff or whatever. And I'm not like this isn't me just being like, wow, they're such great guys or whatever, because you know whatever, who knows? I don't know. I think it was a big deal still ten years ago to to have that many people come out and be on the same page about something like that, but mm-hmm. um, more so than just like that, um. As much as I like a lot of these guys, they were, they team, were arguably more in favor of queer rights than Barack Obama was at the time. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes, yeah, sure. Uh, but and that's why Ryan Kessler didn't like him. No, oh. <laughs> that's why he demanded the trade. Yeah, no. Um, but I can't imagine this group of guys being able to all come out and get on the same page about the idea that, like, apple pie is good uh i see yeah you know what i mean right. like genuinely i can't I see where imagine, you're coming yeah i can't imagine uh, a guy with a microphone going in there and asking everybody about the same thing and having them all be on the same page about literally anything mm. um and i don't want to pin it all on one guy but i did have a source i don't even know if this team i don't want to pin it all on one guy but if i know jackson he's about to blame ryan miller <laughs> and jt miller, miller yes and i am <laughs> Um, because I, I, this had... te- I don't believe that this team could go to Mexico and have the wherewithal <laughs> to freely express how much they want to eat pussy. 
together. <laughs> yes. Only things you could do with the Sidians in charge. Exactly. Um, yeah. I, I just, I, I want to throw this to out there. Team. This used to be a team. This is from a while ago, but uh, a source did reach out to me. Someone who uh, knows Rick Nash, who was a teammate of JT Miller's their time in New York overlapped almost like as a perfect circle with one another. They were both there for all of the same seasons as each other. Like JT Miller's rookie season was Rick Nash's first season in New York. And then Miller and Nash left New York the same year. I can't remember under what circumstances. Um, and I without because I don't want to I don't want to get into libel slander here, but um, uh, Rick Nash. I don't want to get into murder crime over told here. Them, yeah, told them. <laughs> uh, to, uh, told this person that I know. Uh, basically, something along the lines of, I would not trade for that guy. I would not sign that guy. I would have zero interest in having that guy on my team. Because, well, that was a nice goal. Uh, because what I remember about JT Miller is that when, if, as far as he was concerned, when you win, it's because of him. And when you lose, it's because of you. And that's his, that's his disposition. Wow. Sheldon dries. Anyway, you are ahead of me. So yeah, sweet. Um, I was, I was trying to figure out if you just like reverse jinx, jinx same, Miller to scoring. Same here. Oh yeah. That's fair. <laughs> No, but obviously no, yeah. it was uh, dries. Yeah, I you told me that quote a little <laughs> yeah. while ago and I was uh I was pretty floored by that because I've heard other the only time I've heard stuff about Miller in the locker room has been through uh the people whose opinion I would listen to the opposite of, i.e. Sure. Matt Sakaris. Yeah. Totally. Uh you know, I mm -hmm. until I hear it from a player, yeah, I don't really care. And I, granted, well, that was a long time ago. Yeah. You know, but I don't know, man. The dude is literally the worst player in the league this season for all situations. Goals against goals against. Yes. Um, and uh, I don't know, man. Like. Does that guy look like he works hard to you? Like, I don't know. The, the most uncomfortable really. I've ever seen somebody who's like almost a point of game. Yeah. Uh, and, and I don't. Like. Ultimately, this all and we can kind of close on this. Like, ultimately, this is this falls on the owner because he's the only guy fucking left from when the team was good. That's the reality. Like, the only guy, obviously, you know, you can talk about like, oh, well, the city insert the front office or blah, 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 blah. But like, the, the only consistent presence throughout you know nine years of being a complete joke in terms of roster construction in terms of how you behave blah 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 is is the owner and so even though like i shit on jt miller a lot it's not jt miller's fault that this just complete joke unserious franchise decided to make him the to sign him to the most expensive deal in the team's history that's not his fault. Like, I would sign that deal too. I, if I was him, I would be looking around and I would be like, 
Fuck it, man. This team's not going anywhere. What what am I where am I what am I gonna do? Go, go down with the ship. Try and to talk sign back. with some good team and take way less money and maybe win a Stanley Cup. I had my shot. I missed it. Take the golden parachute. Yeah. I'm gonna Because like I, gambling that you can get a cup by signing for cheap and then but the only reason to do that is if you can turn that around and get another contract, but no one's paying more than what he's getting now. No. So no. they wouldn't even trade him to a team that had a shot. You know? Like yeah. and I mean obviously he still had that year left, but I don't know. It's real bad. Um and it it brings me closer towards Vias's you know, uh the Vias plan. That's right. Every Hashtag day because Vias. because it it does just seem uh, increasingly like fuck what what about this is worth salvaging you know i don't want to get like it's elias Patterson and quinn hughes are too young for me to give up on them just yet yeah but like you you how do you get reinforcements you look around at everything and it's just like what is worth preserving here like you it's like one thing you'll hear media people talk about the ones that are still around because it's way less than it used to be is that like after losses, even after wins, this team just cowers. Like they just all run away and hide and hope no one wants to talk to them. <laughs> and I don't think anything is a better, like a clearer uh, uh, encapsulation of the city not being here anymore. Right. Because, like, who did they learn that from? Not them. They were they were literally out there after every fucking game for 10 years. Yeah, they maybe learned that from a combination of Nazlin, Linden, and Matt Sundin. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Which is a pretty, like, like I know we, our opinions about Linden, but as a player. Oh, yeah. All those uh, three together. Linden as a, Linden all those has three a, together yeah, is a, is know. a pretty star-studded lineup of yeah. leadership learn from i i don't have a lot of of, being like swedish national team players yeah yeah. i don't have a lot of problems with linden as a player other than just like people vastly overrating his his ability as an actual like like talent especially in his second stint. the second step yeah yeah especially that but like his work ethic and like his leadership and and stuff is is pretty it's pretty hard to argue with that i just think he wasn't actually as skilled as a lot of people think he was ever. And then also his executive career was a total disaster. And I have no time for the, the revisionist. He wanted to rebuild <laughs> uh, stuff. And That's I wish the city, like, I know the Sidians took the, took the job with the Canucks partially because it's convenient for them because they didn't want to yeah. leave Vancouver, but I wish they did the Steve, Steve Eiserman thing where they yeah. went to another team to learn oh, there. Uh and then yeah. return, and then you know that was come, that was the like, talking point for the longest time was that they'd go to Moto to uh, learn how oh, to GM yeah. and they'd come back and save the franchise. That's the thing, right? Like, that, that's an I'm I'm at the point where where I'm almost ready to endorse the Vias plan just on the grounds that like I enjoy watching Elias Pettersson play too much, 
yeah. to want Dude. him to fritter away his best years here. Yeah. You know, I, yeah. uh, I know that Pedersen is like the bigger piece there than Hughes. Uh, mm-hmm. I mean, I guess that, that might be arguable, but it is arguable. It, but and, sure. and this might be motivated by simply the, the way that Quinn Hughes looks all the time. And we all know, <laughs> you know, we all know the look we're talking about. Yeah. Uh, but I feel like, we're killing Quinn Hughes. I feel like the Canucks are ruining Quinn Hughes. Every I... picture of Quinn Hughes looks like uh, he just like killed someone in the stands with a puck <laughs> by accident. Like, yeah, yeah, like, yeah. Like, yeah. Like, a thing that's only ever happened once. Like <laughs> it looks every picture I see of him is like, he looks like he's just like, have you guys watched? Okay, this is maybe about a slightly deep cut. But you guys know that uh, Jeffrey Dahmer show? No, that's on. And I don't Netflix. think it's a deep cut. I think it's like what a lot of people are. Watching, no, it's a but... lot of people. Uh, no, but it's I, kind I, of it's very I, uh, miles away it. from. Uh, okay, someone yeah. out there will know exactly what I'm talking about when I say. I've this. heard of this thing. I've heard the discourse. Uh, there in the first episode, I think, or like one of the very early episodes, there is a scene where the police tell Jeffrey Dahmer's dad about Jeff, like that he's been arrested for, you know, the things that he did. And then the camera like cuts to his face. And that's what Quinn Hughes' face looks like all the time. Is is Lionel Dahmer being told that his son is like the most fucking evil man in the world well anyways like i i i'm sure that quinn hughes is better than this but i would not be surprised if he goes to another team after a couple of years and can't get it back together because yeah. he's been put in a position where he has to be the one good defenseman on this team yeah carrying everything ever well, since we'll... we got rid of Tanev, of uh yeah. everything has gone downhill for him yeah he, it's true. he hasn't looked to me I'm sure maybe by points he's probably like, okay, I'm sure somebody could tell me, no, he actually has improved. But just from no. my perspective, no, he hasn't. It seems like he's plateaued. Yeah. And to see somebody who had such a high ceiling yeah. plateau like this is devastating for me to watch. He is an amazing passer. He's great on the power play. His offensive game is still mostly his, very good. His but confidence like, is fucked. He was, he was a genuinely good two-way defenseman in his first year and that has completely gone away it's completely like most of the most nhl stars up to his caliber and, and even like large degrees below that have not spent this long playing on such a dog shit franchise yeah. and and the demotivating the demotivation demotivation that happens out from that yeah and so i i'm worried that we've killed Queen i want to add thatcher demko broken. to that category as well yeah, because like um, I, I could go on for, about Thatcher Demko for a really long time. Yeah, I, th- I think we're pretty I'll, close. To the end we're here, we're but... pretty close to the end. Yeah, here, but, but I'll just say like, I don't I don't think he's going to push out the numbers so we can talk about him yeah. in the next episode. Yeah, I think yeah. so, too. But but like a, a thing, something we'll revisit ne- uh, next time uh, or something we'll explore in, in in more detail is like something's up with Thatcher Demko. Uh, it could be, you know, I think it's a, um, you know, the has been versus never was debate is maybe more, uh, relevant than, than a lot of people would, would like to believe, but something that is 
what worth exploring in detail about him as well is like, did being as good as he was last year for no reason, like just for no reward whatsoever, is that the kind of thing that causes the kind of psychological damage that you can never recover from as a goaltender? If like, you're too close to the sun, copy paste everything that you said about Quinn Hughes for Thatcher Demko as yeah. well, who yeah. couldn't get the start against uh, the Avs tonight. Yeah. So that, that's part of my motivation for why these guys. Yeah. I don't, I don't think it's such a bad idea to trade them. Yeah. And I think the bigger part of that for me is uh, I think, the first rail that people grab onto when you think about that is like, well, the fans are never going to want to lose their three best players or even yeah. just their two top best players and Pedersen Hughes. Yeah. The fans will accept it pretty quickly. And it's not just a, once we know it's a rebuild, it's like the fans of since the Sedins left have not been that invested in any, any players as no. much. No, they reach for Pedersen yeah. because he's the one, him and Hughes are the one guys available to be invested in. But they're not going that deep on them. Yeah. If, if yeah. we had somebody else, they'd, they'd absolutely eat them up as well. And but like, as soon as you get any, I mean, even, as soon as you get back to whatever level of success this is, which is a not a level of success, but fuck, okay, sure. Um, whoever's leading you to that, people will attach themselves to. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, that's a pretty I, I low just, bar. I just think people aren't even like, People say that they're attached to Patterson. I don't think they they are as much as they think. Well, okay, I, I'll push back against that, against that slight, slightly as a as a note to end on. So, as much as like this era has has sucked complete shit, everything's been terrible. Um, Patterson was like a milestone for me as a as a Canucks fan, even as like a fully an adult, because it was the first time. I've ever experienced in my entire life jumping up and down over a Canucks draft pick being so excited. Like, Oh my God, I can't believe not only that, that this guy was available to them, but that they actually picked him, you know? Yeah. And some of right. that is like, well, you know, what would you rather have like a team that's fucking good and picking in the bottom of the first round or a team that sucks and picks a good player, but whatever. And then the next draft it happened again with quinn hughes exact same thing yeah could not fucking believe it they just got the guy that i wanted and it is just so sad i remember being just astounded that they got that Hughes fell to them i remember being worried that Pedersen and hughes were going to be so good that they were going to save Jim Benning's job and prevent them from yeah. uh, like building like a good enough team to actually yeah. win a cup because they would paper over so many problems. If Ben did shoot his own happened, dick off, like in the la- after drafting Quinn Hughes a few times, he could still be here. Yeah. Like yeah. if he turned into a potato, he'd probably still be here. Yeah. Well, I'm sufficiently bummed out now. Yep. Yep. We yep. got to the point. <laughs> we Patterson to... just threw this game away, though, on a tripping penalty, and uh, Colorado's yes. going up three by they two. They haven't minutes. scored yet, have they? Oh, no. No, Maybe but they will. Wrong. Yeah, they probably will. Yeah. Yeah. Well, if they uh, if they win this one, uh, I guess uh, never mind 
Uh, <laughs> so, if they win this one, we're reendorsing the Elliott plan. We're trading. Right. Yes. I don't even remember who for something. It doesn't Everybody. matter. Yeah. Everybody, Everybody for a win now. Everybody for 35-year-olds. That's right. Yeah. The guy Honestly, sitting... might be a quicker route to doing a real rebuild oh. than any other thing anyways. McCar- uh, McCart is right. in the box now. All right. Thanks, everybody. Uh, yeah. We'll we'll see you next time. I don't have anything to fucking plug or or just rate and review uh, the show. L- rate review the show. show on iTunes. Yeah. And five stars only though. If you don't want to do that, then just only. forget I said anything. Check out the page. Hey, look, if you want to give you us one star, put five stars in the box. We say one star in the text. Yeah, just say it's one bad. star. That's a good idea. Uh, we we'll just have to If you have ever sent hate mail, please uh, please tell us. Oh yeah, definitely. Send us your hate mail stories. So, so yeah, send us your hate mail. <laughs> <laughs> send us your hate mail that you've sent other people. Yep. All right. All right. Good night. Thanks everybody. for listening, everybody. <laughs> yeah, thanks. All right. And stop.